Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Eight minutes after the hour, Jordan and Kelsey on board this morning from Powderhorn. Uh, give them your address so they can find you because uh, they may not know exactly where you're located. We are at 1915 Paris Road, unit number 103. You cannot miss our door anymore. <laughs> um, but we're in Columbia on the north side. There you go. Um, all right. So over the uh, course of the last week, I purchased uh, for my wife her birthday gift, which I might point out doesn't happen until September. <laughs> <laughs> but we were in a, in, a, in a gun store, and she saw this 9mm Kel-Tec Sub-2000. And, I mean, literally from across the, the it, it's a it was a large room. From across the room, she was calling me uh, to see this. And uh, she really fell in love with it. So, I bought her her birthday gift. Nice of me, I thought. Yeah. Um, but she's having a bit of a problem racking it. Uh, she'd fallen a couple of years ago and busted up her wrist. Uh, she's had major surgery on it, pins put in and everything. And uh, she's she's really challenged on, uh, on racking this. And I told her not to worry. I would take it off her hands. Uh, but she, she was not amenable to that. Do you guys know of a solution to the problem? Oh, uh, God. Practice. Just, I mean, it, it becomes a little bit of muscle memory. Um, you find tricks on certain guns to make it a little bit easier. But uh, breaking the thing in, obviously brand new guns have quite a bit more bumps and scrapey parts and stuff like that than a gun that's been fired several thousand times. Um, but other than, I mean, you can't really reduce spring tension or anything like that without possibly making the firearm so I may have to I may have to rack it and shoot it a few times to to break it in for her that just may be your only option I'm sorry yeah I I said Darn it. Uh, <laughs> yeah uh, whip me beat me make me write bad checks I right. said listen what you need to do is work out with with dumbbells and she said we already go for long walks uh, <laughs> I'm not sure, yeah I'm not sure what <laughs> she meant by that but I, I think she insulted me uh, but then I noticed that uh, you guys have a Smith uh, uh, Smith & Wesson Shield EZ380. Yes. And that's designed for people who have that kind of problem. Correct. And among other things. So I know we've all loaded magazines on most it, most double stack and some single stack firearms. And you get about three to five in. And then you're like, okay, four more to go, whatever. And then you can't. Um, <laughs> and the magazine on this is designed to be easier to load. It's designed to be easy to rack. It's designed to be easy to clean. It's just a, a very, very easy gun to deal with, uh, hence the name. Yeah, that's clever. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Marketing so, genius. Yeah. Now, isn't so, aren't, aren't they doing that now with a 9mm as well? Yes, and we were um, actually kind of surprised because of how light the recoil springs on these guns are. Um, it initially came out in 380. Everybody wanted it in 9, and we just weren't 100% sure they could do it. But by gosh, they did. Really? So yep. it's an... Uh, but you've got the three. You don't have the nine in stock, do you? We do, actually. You um, do? Mm -hmm. I think I have... We looked last night. I have... Five 380s in the store and three or four nine millimeters still. So, wow, you know it's such a shame. I already bought her her, uh, her firearm. She <laughs> well, there is there is no rule that you can only have one. Um, <laughs> oh well, listen, yeah, to no. Ms. <laughs> listen to Miss Rockefeller here. <laughs> oh, holy Toledo! Just giving you your options. Yeah, uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, all right, so uh, before we get into all of these guns, 
Uh, let me know the ammo situation over at Powderhorn. How are you guys doing? If you purchase a firearm from us, we will have ammo for you, for the most part. So the 9s, the 380s, the 223s, that we're, we're, we're okay. Any gun you buy, we can get you some ammo. Um, Do you have any 9 on the shelf? No. No. That was a very fast and distinct note. Yeah, you you didn't hesitate there at all. You know. Um. We keep getting close. I mean, we do. We get like, hey, now that we got this, why don't we put some ammo out on the shelf? And by the end of that day, we've sold enough firearms and given out enough ammo that you're like, oh, man, we just never, Never mind. Because we don't want to run out from being able to sell again because that's, you know, that's no good. Who's going to go buy a gun then? You can't shoot it. That's yeah. right. nobody's looking for that. So we keep getting closer, but I, I feel like we're starting to see some of the calibers open up. We have two two three on the shelf. It's been there for a while. It's made it through a week or two. I mean, it was several thousand rounds we put out. Forty five ACP. Yeah, so there, a little bit of that. We're, we're seeing little little slight signs. Starting to budge in the right direction. <laughs> Very slowly. Yeah, I I would argue, I would argue that unless something drastic happens, sometime in the next three or four months, things are going to just be almost back to normal but hasn't the last year and a half been just drastic yes <laughs> everything has been yes. drastic yeah. you know it's funny you mention that and and we'll do this after we talk a little bit more about uh, your firearms but there is uh, at gunfacts.info uh, a study that they did on gun sales and gun homicide and the lag lead time on both it's interesting it's not something that you and i would be surprised about but, but it's something people on the left don't quite grasp um but i i, I digress uh, I want to talk a little bit more about the uh, the Smith Easy. You've got it in th- 380. You've got it in nine millimeter, mm-hmm. uh, and you've got several of them in stock. Yes, today. Okay. And today. Uh, and on top of that, we had enough in stock that uh, we're going to do something that hasn't been done in a while. We're actually going to put that on sale uh, all day today. So those really? are any of those yeah. EZs come in, you got fifty dollars off of retail, and retail's already low enough. So. Uh, really, really good deal on those. Trying to help out some people because it's been a long time since you've gotten any deals on firearms. Yeah. So, so you got a fifty dollar discount? Huh? Yes. I mean, come on, that's easy. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. That's <laughs> it's easy for you to say. Uh, but you got an, you've got another one up there that I really am. am uh, it's the five five six. Yeah, the Saint uh, the Saint five five six pistol. Sure. Ooh. <laughs> yes. I mean, that's all I have to say, isn't it? Ooh. The Springfield Saint uh, has the uh, the pistol brace on it that we've talked a little bit about this morning, but uh, they have been a harder-to-get firearm, and they did a really good job putting that thing together because, um, you know, gosh, everybody and their brother seems to make an AR now, um, and uh, some of them are of of lesser quality. But Springfield did a really good job making it all fit tight, putting everything together, and just making it be a good-looking and good-functioning firearm, comfortable to hold, comfortable uh, comfortable to shoot, all that kind of stuff. Well, Springfield is a pretty good manufacturer. I mean, I I, uh, I think my first uh, forty cal was a Springfield XD, and uh, I really like that. I, I I thought it was great. Yeah, they're they're. I mean, gosh, how long have we been making guns? I mean, they've been making guns forever. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they they really do some some really good stuff. And these Saint edges are really really nice. I don't. Is this the last one that we've got? Uh, this is the last pistol. This yes, is the last pistol. So we still have one of the full frame, and we have several full frame ARs right now. We just got those back in stock, including some of the Wilson Combats um, uh, full frame ARs. So yep. uh, it's still an a halfway decent time to come find those. Neat. Uh, the, the, and the uh, the third firearm you got here is this Umberto uh, Colt single action. Yes, this is a 1875. It's a Remington copy. Um, so it's a copy of the old Remington Outlaw series guns. It's a really, really cool firearm. Um, true nickel finish. It's not stainless. It is actually nickel. 
uh, wood grip, 45 long Colt. Really fun guns just to take out and shoot. Everybody looks at 45 Colt and goes, oh, wow, that's going to, like, break your wrist, right? And I'm like, no. Uh, very big bullet moving very slow out of these large steel frame guns. Very big bullet moving very slow. I yes. had a girlfriend like that once, but that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, but they're fun guns to shoot. Extremely. Uh, it, I I don't have any. Um, and again, I know what you guys are going to say. Come on down. And, and <laughs> Everybody needs a cowboy deal. gun. This is yeah. a package yeah. deal. Seems easy. Yeah, you give me the adoption papers. Uh, you know, I, I know what happened to Scott. He walked into your <laughs> store and he was so impressed he bought something and... and uh, well, I'm I'm going to be very careful because I've spent all my gun money for the for the month. But uh, stop over at Powderhorn, uh, take a look at some of these firearms, uh, and you can't go wrong. I mean, geez, that easy in nine millimeter. If you can get that, mm -hmm. plenty of stopping power. Uh, and that was the other thing that I was going to talk about is uh, ammunition and stopping power. When we buy a firearm and we uh, we choose uh, the ammunition. We're not doing it with, if somebody comes after me, I'm going to kill them in mind. What we should be thinking is, will this stop them? Uh, we're not executioners, concealed carry permit holders. If we're threatened and our lives are threatened, we want to stop the attack. Uh, and so that brings into mind a 380. Some people think, it's not really good at stopping the bad guy. They want something bigger, something heavier. So uh, I'm just curious to get your feedback on this. Uh, either one of you, who wants to start? I'll, I'll start by saying this. All handguns are underpowered, period. <laughs> you're, running, you're running short cartridges, not very much powder, out of short barrels. That, that, is, that negates everything ballistically. So it becomes more an issue of what can you handle, what can you shoot. I don't. I, I'm not going to put a 45 in the hands of a 112 pound female that's never shot a pistol before in her life. You know, it may poke mm -hmm. a bigger hole. It may give her a better chance of quote unquote stopping somebody with the first shot. But if she can only get one shot off, it's essentially worthless. That makes a certain amount of sense. Um, I, I I will add in then. Um, this has been one of those things that I talk about a lot with people. Um, that it's, it's fairly an American thing, this stopping power thing. Uh, you go to other places, and I've trained people from around the world and trained in other countries, too. And uh, it's not even a thing. They, they carry the typically a 380 especially you go to Europe and stuff almost every firearm every handgun is a, is a 380 caliber um, because you know it's a defensive weapon and they're going to use that to get to their rifle and they want capacity and control over everything I'm normally that way um, I've seen you've seen guys uh, Alaska had a state patrolman god this would have been in the 80s that they, they had a video of it and they uh, had a gentleman that they had to fire on and he took 31 rounds of 45 Still took, them, still took them almost two minutes to, to die because they didn't hit any of the T-zone. Um, so he had to bleed to death. He had to bleed to death. And two minutes is a lot in a gunfight. That, that's a lot of things that can happen. And he continued to fire for about a, about 90 seconds of that two minutes. Um, so it was, you know, that, that's okay. Well, 45 is supposed to stop him right away. He, medically, you're thinking of two things. You get a T-zone hit, anything that hits that, a 17 caliber on up to a 
338 Lapua, uh, you're, you're, you're going to be dead. When your spine breaks, when you hit the, the, the brain, you do things like that, you're, you're done. That's just medically you're, you're done. Um, otherwise, you're waiting for people to bleed. And there's really not that much difference between a 389 millimeter 40 45 caliber hole when you're talking about blood loss that's going to help you in a gunfight. Um, the difference between 90 seconds and 60 seconds, that's, that's really not going to help you all that much. And most of those holes are going to do similar blood loss when they've done the studies on how much fluid can escape on certain shots at certain times. So there's been a lot of study on that. But uh, I, I fully believe in capacity. Um, yeah, my wife still carries a 22. People can't believe that that happens. Well, she is very comfortable with it. She shoots it very well. It has enough capacity, um, and nobody really wants to get hit. Um, you know, you're, you're dealing with a couple, I guess, a couple different types of people. People that feel no pain, well, then you, they're going to have to bleed to death, or you're going to have to get a T-zone. That's, that's all that can happen. But most people are not that way. That's the, you know, once every eight years we have a video of some crazy guy that that takes. Uh, most of them stop stop responding after the, the first few shots and wondering why their chest hurts no matter what you've hit them with. Um, wow. That's that's usually how that, that plays out. So I, I, totally, I totally believe in the, the smaller caliber, um, having more rounds having the controls you feel really comfortable actually when it happens pulling it out and i'm it. having to take a break because i'm up against <laughs> the clock but if you go into Powderhorn, uh they got the information we just shared some now uh when we come back crime and gun sales they're tied together yeah kelsey and jordan in the studio they are with Powderhorn, and uh and by the way uh i i, I seldom say archery but that's part of your name you guys do have Archery. About equipment. half, yeah. Yeah. It's about half of us. And in fact, you can actually uh, shoot in the store. Don't you have a place that. Uh, Correct, yes. We have can... a 20 yard indoor range, 20 yard indoor range um, that is heated, AC'd, whatever it needs to be that time of year. But yeah, it's. It's kind of nice. Yeah, HVAC'd, I think we could say. Yes, correct. Climate-controlled. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, if you're going to get picky, all right, <laughs> climate-controlled is... Uh, anyway, there's a piece at gunfacts.info. Should be of no surprise to most of us, but gun sales and gun homicide have a, uh, a correlation. Uh, you've seen this incredible surge over the last year and a half, two years of gun sales. Which came first, the crime or the gun, statistically... Crime rates appear to precede uh, gun sales, and for some obvious reasons, uh, some main takeaways. In 29% of states, there is a significant correlation between firearm homicides and gun sales. In the top half of states per raw uh, correlations, 85% have firearm homicides preceding gun sales. Lead lag times of 1 to 3 years show 22 to 28% of states having crime-leading gun sales. And between 6 and 11% of states having gun sales lead crime. So most of the time, almost all the time, in fact, it is a spike in crime that leads people to go out and purchase a firearm. Mm -hmm. And we're in the midst of this right now. No no surprise to us. I assume uh, you guys would agree. Oh, ab absolutely. Yeah. And you got to remember, most of the people committing these crimes with firearms aren't buying them from us. Yeah, They're, that's true. They, Most criminals... They, they can't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I frankly think the Knicks check is, is practically useless, but... Yeah, yeah um, you're not far off. Bad guys generally steal them. Correct. Um, which goes to, you know, something we touched on earlier about gun storage. 
Uh, We talked about this last week on the program. If you're not at home, uh, you want to hide the, at least separate and hide the ammo from the firearms if you don't have a good size safe. Uh, And in a safe is a good investment. Mm -hmm. Uh, And don't forget to bolt it down. Yes. (laughs) A safe is really hard to buy the first time because, man, you look at it and you think $1,000, $2,000, but you get one or two firearms stolen from you and you you go, man, I was silly. It's one of those things where you should have listened to your parents and bought that safe (laughs) right away. First time you get a gun, get a safe. It's it's hard to do, but it's the right thing. And there are small safes. There are small, uh, basically, you just want to slow the bad guy down. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I guess any safe will do. But I, uh, I purchased my first uh, big gun safe, I don't know, about four or five years ago. And uh, there's a real sense of security that, you know, I set the alarm on the house. When I leave, when I come back, everything is going to be there. Uh, it's, it's just a well, it's a, it's a great investment. While we're talking about this, we might talk about your car. Don't leave it in the car. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I happen to lease a car. So I can't weld a box or bolt a box into the into the frame of the car or anything like that. But I can get my cable lock. If I go into the post office and I have to leave my firearm behind, I can run it around the seat stanchion and make the gun uh, very difficult to to uh, to steal. Uh, you ought to do something. You can't just and don't throw it under the seat. It's the first place they're going to look. <laughs> the first place they're going to look is under the seat. Ooh, Eureka, look at that, a free gun. Um, just some ideas. L.A. Times, uh, a writer in the L.A. Times wants gun ownership reported on real estate listings. You know how they list that, uh, you know, there's some sexual criminal that lives in the neighborhood, and you you go to buy a house, you get to find out uh, where they're at, they're on that you know, that list of sexual offenders. Mm-hmm. Well, he wants to do this with gun owners. L.A. Times wants gun ownership reported on real estate listings. I don't know about you, but I'd go, oh, that's the neighborhood for me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, a little bit more on this. The Biden administration and blacks and guns. Coming up, carry on guns. Hot talk, 93.90. Hey, welcome. And I am not alone. Jordan and Kelsey on board from the Powder Horn. Uh, and uh, we've we talked about uh, three fabulous firearms that they uh, that they've got for sale uh, that they brought in. Uh, and if you're <clears throat> at all concerned about being able to rack a firearm because uh, perhaps you've got uh, some damage to your wrist, whatever, um, just hand strength is an issue. They've got uh, the Smith Shield EC 380 and nine millimeter both in stock at the store. Uh, a Springfield uh, 556 pistol, which is really, really, uh, uh, that's just a pretty gun. I don't care what you say. And then uh, the Umberto uh, 1875, it's a 45 Colt action. That'd be just a fun firearm to have in your uh, in your collection, I I think. Uh, but you got to stop by. They've they've got uh, some. Yeah, you know, I don't know. The easy, just a, a terrific gun. Uh, anyway, so that's what uh, that's where we're at right now. Uh, black gun ownership uh, is going up. Uh, the left, the political left, and, and I don't want to get you guys involved in, in talking politics per se, <laughs> but on the left, they seem to think that blacks uh, are not particularly bright. Uh, and, and they do this by saying they can't get uh, a photo ID 
they can't find the driver's license bureau. They don't have attorneys. Uh, they, uh, you know, th there are all kinds of insults that they uh, that they uh, uh, hurl out there. I don't know if they mean to, but the implication is that they're stupid, and they're not. There's no cognitive difference uh, at all. But every so often, uh, someone makes the case that gun rights are racist. It, it, the irony of this is that gun control was designed to keep blacks unarmed when the Ku Klux Klan came to hang somebody. Uh, the, some, of the, some of these uh, uh, black victims had the audacity to defend themselves with guns, and so they started gun control. But uh, it, it's all nonsense. Every bit of, uh, of what... Uh, uh, these people believe uh, about blacks and about guns and about the right to own and bear arms. Uh, and in fact, a growing number of blacks are buying guns. A left-wing academic named Carol Anderson, in her book, The Second Race and Guns in a Fatally Unequal America, is all over the news. The Second Amendment is not about guns. It's about anti-blackness. Um, but blacks are buying guns. And for the same reason as everybody else, to defend themselves. Uh, and, and you know, it, it is uh, poor people in the inner city, black, white, or otherwise, that probably more than any other group need to know how to defend themselves and have the ability to. Uh, would you agree? Yeah, and I mean, obviously, being in Columbia... Um We've all seen the crime skyrocket the last several years. It's kind of getting crazy. And we have customers of every race and creed that are scared. You know, they're scared to live in this town. And it's sad. It's just one of those things. But, yeah, it. it they seem yeah. perfectly capable. I mean, as humans, you know, generally yeah, speaking. No, I, I, no I, I, if you're a nice person, you're a nice person. If you're not, you're not. That's kind of where it stops with me. Yeah, uh, this argument that somehow it is racist, it's just silly. Uh, we started off, uh, well, actually, we wrapped up the last segment with this L.A. Times writer wanting gun ownership reported on real estate listings. Uh, and I guess that would keep the progressives out of your backyard. Uh, but I would argue that the bad guys, they're not going to list that they've got a gun well, in their home. Or they're going to look at that list and go, okay, these are the houses I need to break into. You know, that's seems to me like a rather severe security issue but yeah, it could go either way it could be that's not the house i want to break into they're armed uh let me go next door they're not right you know the, remember the old meme where you a uh, sign in the front yard uh we have no guns here uh, and, and and it was you know like an invitation right <laughs> nobody it, it kind of goes both ways you know do you want people to know you have firearms in the house when you're at work or do you want people to know you're completely unarmed and vulnerable bad it's, idea uh, both way bad just no <laughs> yeah, just no just. on tuesday virginia hefferman took to twitter with an idea real estate listings should include prevalence of gun ownership in a 50 mile radius she'd also like information on the number of annual mass shootings in the region uh time to change what a bad neighborhood is she announced what if someone owns a modern sporting rifle, also known as the best-selling hunting rifle in America? She believes that constitutes a bad place for children. 
and introduce a meaningful tax on guns and gun violence. No one should say, this is a great place to raise kids about the neighborhoods where one person has an assault rifle. <laughs> well, I think I turned out all right. <laughs> you, don't <laughs> you, don't you wonder what goes through their minds? <laughs> No, because it makes my head hurt. Trying try to, think try about to stop it. thinking about that. It yeah. just makes your day really, really bad. <laughs> How did you conclude this? How, what what led you to believe that this was a good idea? Well, and remember, up until a couple years ago, it was illegal to own a handgun inside the city limits of Chicago. Just yeah. keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, what a wonderful, peaceful place that is. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, and then uh, finally, we got to uh, chat a few minutes about... Uh, Chipman, Did, are you guys aware that he may have lost his service revolver? Well, at the ATF, yeah, I just I just read that this morning or last night. I was looking at that once again. I I try to be happy, so I try to stay off the news as much as possible. <laughs> but yeah, I did I did see that, and of course that happens more often than anybody would would want to know about. But yeah, that's that's no that's that's no good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the guy is. Uh, I, 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 I really don't understand how he expects to be the head of the ATF. He he was asked, and we had the audio. We played it on the program. I don't know if we did it. Brian, did we play the audio of him? Uh, on describing the, what an assault rifle was? Or not describing it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I don't know if we've got that handy. But I can we, go find it. All right. So he's being grilled by Senator Kennedy. Um, the only Senator Kennedy that I, I can remember in my lifetime that I liked, Senator Kennedy is asking him, what is an assault rifle? And it, if you haven't heard his response, how how absolutely vapid this guy is, you you just you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> his he wants he believes they should be banned, but he doesn't know what they are. How do you do that? It's because it's a made-up term. <laughs> they don't exist. <laughs> uh, listen to this. Listen to this exchange. This is uh, Senator Kennedy with Ch David Chipman. Oh, is it Cotton that did this? I thought it was Chip uh, Kennedy. All right, go ahead. Play it. I want to turn to a second matter now, Mr. Chipman. You have called for an assault weapons ban. I have a simple question for you. What is an assault weapon? Senator, um, an assault weapon would be, in, in the context of the question you asked, what Congress uh, defines it as. So you're asking us to ban assault weapons. We have to write legislation. Can you tell me what is an assault weapon? How would you define it if you were the, chair, the head of the ATF? How have you defined it over the last several years as uh, your role as a gun control advocate? Um, Senator, um, if I'm confirmed as ATF director, um, you know, my recollection is the only um, um, process but by which ATF is weighed in is that I know there's a demand letter three program, which requires multiple reports, uh, multiple sale reports on the southwestern border. And ATF in that program has defined an assault rifle as any semi-automatic rifle capable of accepting a detachable magazine um, above the caliber of 22, which would include a 223, which is, you know, largely the so, AR-15 round. So you, you believe that every weapon that takes a detachable magazine that can take a 22 round or, or 556 in military parlance should be defined as an assault weapon? Um, let me clarify. Uh, what I believe I just said is any semi-automatic rifle 
Um, with, okay, any semi-automatic rifle. Um, what, what? That's the definition. A detachable magazine that takes a 5.56 or 22 round should be defined as an assault weapon. Senator, um, you asked me um, if ATF um, had uh, used this term, and I was sharing with you my knowledge of a program in which ATF has defined this term, um, and it is in the Demand Letter 3 program, and that rifle is a semi-automatic rifle capable of accepting a detachable magazine with a round greater than a 22 caliber. And in those cases, firearms dealers on the southwest border are required to make a multiple sale report to ATF. I, I'm, I'm amazed that that might be the definition of assault weapon. That would basically cover every single modern sporting rifle in America today. Uh, there's another uh, interview with, with Kennedy uh, where he's uh, even more vague. But I, I'm just curious... Uh, Kels, it, it, does that make my wife's 9mm Caltech uh, an assault weapon? Yes. I mean, I, technically, under that definition, yes. Um, so, the issue you come into with that, they do specify a twenty two caliber, or larger than a twenty two caliber. So, that would exclude, you know, your Ruger 1022s and stuff like that. But what that does add is guns like your 9mm carbines, um, the Ruger PC carbine, you know, that we had, what was that, a few weeks ago in here. Um, Modern BAR, Browning BAR. Your BARs, rifle. your Ruger Mini 30s, your Mini 14s. Um, <laughs> so are, practically all the <laughs> rifles you can think of. Yeah, most of them, yeah, a, good, a fair amount of them, absolutely. Um, which, it, there is no technical definition of an assault weapon or assault rifle. He was trying to say that ATF did define it for that specific form in specific states. But it's not, there's no nationwide definition. It's not, it doesn't exist. It's made up by the media. It's not. Right. You, you know that I like, uh, and I've talked about this on the air, probably more than I should have to, or more than I should have. Uh, my uh, 22 TCM. Yes. Uh, the 1911. But that also, that round also uh, is made for a rifle. Mm -hmm. So, in spite of the fact that it'll penetrate a level three vest, uh, it's a twenty-two. Ergo, they wouldn't consider that an assault weapon. Correct. Weapon. Correct. Which, and it was interesting that they defined it under a twenty-two caliber because technically, <laughs> two twenty-three and five five-six are twenty-two caliber. You know, so I don't know if they're going to specify rim fire versus center fire. Um, are they going to say <laughs> it has to be two two four or larger? What I've, what, what pin are they going to dance on the head of? Well, exactly. There's we're going to we got to take a break. We're up against the clock. We're going to come back and play the Kennedy piece because I think it's even better. You watch this guy dance on this answer. You're listening to Gary on Guns with Powderhorn. They're in with us on Gary on Guns. Hot Talk 93.9 The Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. 53 minutes after the hour. Jordan and Kelsey in from Powderhorn. And uh, we're talking about uh, David Chipman, who wants to be the director of uh, ATF. Um, and uh, we, uh, I referenced this uh, exchange between Senator Kennedy and Chipman. I thought this was amusing uh, because he... At this point, he just doesn't have an answer. Here's the, uh, here's the uh, exchange. Do you believe in banning assault weapons? I do, sir. Okay. Define assault weapons. Um, assault weapons would be something that um, members of Congress would define. 
Well, how do you define it? You're going to be running the agency. Um, I, Senator, I think this is a good question. If I am um, confirmed as ATF director... Um, I got 35 seconds left. Define it for me, would you please, sir? Um, What's an assault there, weapon? Yeah, Senator, uh, um, the bill uh, to ban assault what, weapons is what is your dozens of pages. Of There's weapon. no way I could define an assault weapon. You don't have any. You're going to run an, this agency, and you don't have a definition of assault weapon. But I would be enforcing the definition that members yeah, of Congress. Yeah, but going to be passed. issuing rules and regulations. Just give me your definition. Um, I'll give you one definition that ATF. Give me your definitions. One definition that ATF currently. Give me your definition. I can give you one definition. If you won't answer my question, how can I vote for you? Well, <laughs> seemed a little vague to me. I don't know. <laughs> like asking my wife where she wants to go to dinner. <laughs> oh, no, you don't do that, do you? You ask? <laughs> I used to. I was young and dumb back then. Yeah, no, you don't ask. Uh, Kelsey, I'm sorry. We don't want to talk about, you know, women while you're oh, until you I, turn your back and walk away. Me. Trust me. It's... It is very loud. <laughs> when you, when you I wanna, can confirm. <laughs> yeah, just say, we're going, you know, I'm going to so-and-so, or let's go here. Uh, you, you, you do that other thing, and, they, and it's like <laughs> bad news. I don't know. Sometimes uh, everywhere sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's, oh, that's a little lady when you depend on us to pick the place. <laughs> a little. Uh, anyway, uh, so Chipman, who, by the way, may have lost his gun, it is believed that he actually did. Uh, when he was uh, working at uh, ATF, and he is a rabid anti-gunner, the only way to find out for sure if he lost his gun is for him to give up his, his uh, employment records with them. Uh, but that's the only way. ATF employees are told not to store firearms in their vehicles. And according to uh, some folks, Chipman left his uh his weapon in his personal vehicle one night, and allegedly a handyman broke in and stole it. Uh, so uh, the only way to find out if, is if he was, you know, in his personal record, if he was reprimanded. Uh, it's impossible to know otherwise what transpired, and he is unwilling to share that information. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> um, I wonder if there's anything else in that record. And how does a guy that's so anti-gun end up even working for BATF? <laughs> uh, darn good questions. And making it as long as he has. It's not like he's been there for two years. Yeah. I, I'm, I, 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 I guess it takes all kinds. You know, I think his biggest mistake on this one issue, this one thing, was saying that he believed in an assault weapons ban. I think his saying that you have to, what you as Congress define is what I will do. That is what, that's a proper answer for just about anything. The problem became when he put his personal opinion into it. But most people that have been in career positions like that, that I've met and I've dealt with, including myself, it's really hard not to let personal opinion creep in on what you're doing. It's just, it's just really hard. It takes a, a heck of an individual to have personal opinions about things like that and not allow it to come into their functioning daily uh, job. Yeah, you can't be smart enough to have an opinion uh, and not have it leak. Yeah. Not have it show up. Uh, I want to thank you two both for stopping in this morning. Absolutely. Sharing uh, yes, the, the fun and, and, and those terrific uh, firearms. Uh, I love that, uh, that uh, Colt. I mean, that thing just looks, just looks like fun to shoot. Uh, an old forty-five like that. 
but you got uh, all kinds of other great firearms there, and uh, your ammo supply, it's slowly trickling up. Still a bit of a struggle. You're not alone. Uh, according to the NRA survey uh, that they took, um, ammo, is it, it's just not there yet, but it's getting there, and you should be getting there, too. You should be getting over to Powderhorn. Um, thanks, guys. Thank Glad you. to have Thank you with you. us. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your life. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem and Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.